Thank you for checking out this message from Spring Mount. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmountcf.co.uk or join us every Sunday from 11am at Abbey Road in Barrow and Furness. Why not subscribe to our monthly email newsletter? Visit springmountcf.co.uk forward slash newsletter to sign up. Last week, so hopefully I won't sound like I'm about to burst into tears. But uh, morning, it's uh, great to be here. And um, we're continuing our series of Your God is Too. Last week we said Your God is Too Small. And uh, I was encouraged afterwards that a lot of people said I needed reminding of that. That God is big. You know, God is bigger than you or I can even imagine, and yet so often we shrink him and put him in our little box. And this week, this week's carries on a little bit from that, because God is not your pet. God is not you to keep in a box on a lead to keep safe, because this week it's your God is too safe. Uh, the, the Chronicles of Narnia show Jesus, if you like, as Aslan, doesn't it? God as Aslan, a lion that gets bigger and bigger the more you get to know him. And a lion is not a domesticated animal. A lion is a wild, roaring, fierce animal. So our God is not a safe God. You know, there have been some famous taglines for scary films. Okay, I'm going to give you a tagline uh, that was used to advertise the film. The idea was that it, it made you scared before you even sat in the cinema. Uh, so I'll give you one, you tell me what the film is, all right? So just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. No. Thank you, Jaws 2. The clue is in the word back, you know, just when you thought it was safe to go back into the water. Jaws 2, you know. Now, if you watch Jaws, it's not really that scary at all. It's a little bit pathetic, really. Um, but a line designed to strike fear. What about this one? In space, no one can hear you scream. Alien. Very good, Lawrence. Well done. Alien. Okay. I can tell the people who are connoisseurs of scary films and ones who are a bit of a Disney princess here. Um, Okay. So in space, no one can hear you scream. The idea being that actually there's going to be something to scream about. There's going to be something that's scary in there. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Anyone know that one? Sorry? Cape Fear? No, it wasn't Cape Fear. I'll give you a clue. I don't like them. It's not the birds. <laughs> Toy Story. No. 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 No, not the bees. That's not a film. The fly. The fly. This, this, is this okay? Is it in the right place? Okay. Uh, the fly. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Designed to make you quake in fear before you've even got in there. And if you've seen those films, well, they're not that scary anyway. But, um, but it's designed to make you tremble before you sit down. Designed to make you worried. Now, arachnophobia. Anyone remember the film Arachnophobia? Okay. At the time, there was a, an outrage because it was a bit of a, I think it was a 12 certificate. And actually, it was very jumpy. And there were people going into cinemas with plastic spiders and throwing them, <laughs> throwing them in the air to make, to make the experience even more scary. And uh, there was outrage about that. I can remember my sister actually going to see arachnophobia, and it was in the days, you know, you got a massive big uh, cup of Coke, and in the first five minutes, there's a thing that makes you jump out of your skin because a spider jumps out of a tree. And she made the mistake of putting her cup of Coke between her legs. <laughs> and at the moment this spider jumped, she went... Which, of course, led to a Coca-Cola fountain. But your God 
is too safe implies a God who's not going to act. Your God is too safe implies a God who isn't worth being respectful of. Implies a God who isn't worth fearing. We talk about the fear of God. That doesn't mean we should be trembling, be afraid, be very afraid. And and just when you thought it was safe to go back into church. It's a God. God is a God who is worthy of our praise and worship. And we need to bow in awe with reverence and fear. And as we open this and unpack this a little bit, we have a God who will act. But is your God just a God who's warm and cuddly? And small enough for you to contain and control? Or is your God a God who will act on the good things, but who could act on the negative? Is your God too safe? If we're to become more like Jesus, we've got to let go of control. We've got to let go of control. Control is the opposite of trust. Because actually, if we're wanting to control things and control God, then we're not willing to trust. We need to let go and let God. We can't be control freaks. That's not what God wants. He needs to be in control, not us. He needs to be in charge, not us. We need a healthy fear of God. He is big and he's holy. Holiness means he cannot stand sin. He cannot stand sin, yet he still loves you and me. That's amazing, isn't it? But he can't stand sin. So is he a God that's going to act on that sin? Yeah, you know, the Billy Graham quote is often used, which I think is brilliant, which is, it's our job to love. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict, and it's God's job to judge. And it's a great phrase. It is our job as Christians and as the church to love. But often we focus on that and we forget that God will judge. And this morning we don't like to think about that, but God is a God that is righteous. He is a God that is holy, and he is a God that we need to be standing in awe and fear. Proverbs 1 verse 7 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. In other words, if you want to start learning, Start looking to God. Recognize how big he is. Recognize that he is somebody to be in awe of. Recognize that he is somebody not to be messed with. He is somebody not to be trifled with. He is somebody not to, to, to control. But he is somebody who loves you despite your faults. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. In other words, if we're not going to learn and get better, then we're foolish. If our God is too safe, then this morning we're fools. We're unwilling to listen to wisdom and instruction. As we know more of him, we should want to be holy like him. Yeah? That's what God's word says. We should want to be holy like him. You know, the early church knew that God wasn't to be messed with. And we're going to look at a passage that's quite a difficult passage in Acts chapter 5. If you've got your Bibles, open them. If you haven't, it'll be on the screen. Acts chapter 5, and looking at verses 1 to 11, I'm going to read the whole story about Ananias and Sapphira. Many of you will know this story and will be aware of it. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. The disciples, the church, were selling their homes and giving to everyone else who needed it. And it says here, now Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. They wanted to do the right thing. They wanted to do the right thing. But did they want to do it for God? Or did they want to do it because they wanted to look good? With his wife's full knowledge, he, Ananias, kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. 
Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. Difficult. Ananias and Sapphira sell their house. They want to do what everyone else is doing, but actually they don't want to do it all. They don't want to give it all. So they keep a little bit for themselves, and yet they still come before the disciples and say, here's the money for our house, and they lie before God. They try and bring this deceit in order to make something for themselves, in order to make themselves look good, in order to make themselves have that treasure and that richness. And as a result, they drop down dead. And you might look at that and go, wow, that's harsh. That is harsh. But for those of us that go against God's wisdom and God's ways, we need to be aware that God is not a safe option. God is not the safe option. You know, he's a lamb that was slain. You know, Jesus, the woman who was caught in adultery, said to her, go and sin no more. He was compassionate and kind. But also, he came to judge. He came to be righteous. He's the lion of Judah, and a lion roars and is powerful. A lion is not something to be played with. A lion is not something to put in our pocket and say, look what I've got. He is almighty God. He is all-powerful God. You know, great fear seized people. That's the phrase that happens twice in that passage. Because two people have tried to be deceitful and tried to get away with it and not been honest and open, not just before men and their friends, but before the God of heaven. They've tried to lie and scheme. And as a result, God has said, I can't have that in our church. I can't have that happening. I cannot stand sin. And I'm going to have to judge. I'm going to have to deal with it. God is not a soft touch. My school music teacher, or one of them, was a man named Charles Walker. He was a lovely man. He was a Christian. And he still is a lovely man. But he had no control over his pupils. I don't mean he was cross-eyed. Okay? He had no control whatsoever. In his music lessons, we looked forward to them for all the wrong reasons. One of the things we used to do at the front of the music room was a massive bass drum. Can I just say, children, don't do this at home, okay? There was a massive bass drum. And whenever we got the glockenspiels out, we discovered you could, you could uh, dismantle the top of the glockenspiel so that it was just a rubber ball. And whenever he turned his back, the game was to throw your rubber ball and hit the bass drum so that it went do-do-do-do-do. And he couldn't guess who it was that had done it because we were all doing it. And he would turn around. The poor man must have lived in fear every day of his life because every lesson there was things going on like that. 
There was the challenge to hit the bass drum. That was number one. I can remember somebody setting fire to the bin in his music lesson. This was in a private school, everybody. My parents paid for my education. But actually, they set fire to the bin. Another game that was very popular was to see if you could crawl from the back of the room under all the desks to the front and then get back again without being noticed. And even if you were noticed, you didn't really care because you knew he was a soft touch. His favorite phrase was, right, you're all staying in after school. Five minutes before the end of the lesson, his other favorite phrase was, but you've been really good. (laughs) There was no worry or fear of discipline. There was no scaredness of that authority. And as a result, we probably didn't learn as much as we should have done. Another one we did was we used to have these um, film rolls. Anyone remember? I'm going back a bit here. Before televisions, okay, we did have televisions. But we used to have these um, film roll stories that were accompanied by a cassette, okay? And uh, on the cassette, there was a sound that went like this. And that meant move the slide onto the next picture. And one of the members of, one of the pupils would be chosen to, to do the moving on. And the rest of us would watch. But we had those chairs in our music room with the arms on that were like little desks. And if you moved that arm just enough, it made the same noise as the noise on the tape. And so Mr. Walker would be confused because we would get to the end of all the pictures well before the end of the tape. Because we would sit there going, and the people would move it forwards. Because there was no fear or respect as a result, no learning. I think some of us treat God the way my class treated Mr. Walker. I think some of us treat God like that. He's a bit of a laugh. He's a kind, nice man. And actually, we'll see what we can get away with. God is not a soft touch. God is not safe to be messed with. Because we see in this story here, two people wanted to try and see what they could get away with. And as a result, they ended up dead. Again, harsh, but it was the beginning of the church. God couldn't allow that to creep in. But we've got to examine our own selves, haven't we? And say, God, what am I trying to get away with? God, where am I saying you're, you're a soft touch? God, where am I saying that you're safe enough to be trifled with? There was no fear or respect for Mr. Walker. And as a result, there was probably no learning. When there is a fear and a respect and a reverence of God... We will learn. It is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Because we will start to grow up and we will start to mature. You know, we looked forward to his lessons to see what fun we could have. Maybe some of you look forward to church to see what fun you could have. That is great in some ways. We want it to be a place that's a happy, loving, fun environment. But we can't forget the God that we worship is a God that has the power And the might to take us out of the equation. You know, I can go on a Sunday here. I can come and pretend that everything is great. You can come and pretend everything's hunky-dory. And actually, there's not a care in the world. But then the rest of the week, we can live however we want. Maybe that's what some of us do. We live however we want all weekend on a Sunday. We sing a few songs and everything will be all right again. And God says, no, I'm a holy God. I'm a a God who is to be feared. I'm a God who is to be respected. I'm a God who is to be loved. And I'm a God that loves you. He is holy. He 
is to be feared. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Otherwise, we remain fools and despise correction. Fear of the Lord. Stop being in control and let him be. Stop being obsessed with, with you doing what you want to do and ask him, God, what's your will? Stop being obsessed with self and be focused on a saviour. Because his way is the best. Because he knows what we need. Ananias gives generously in this story, but he lies to God. He gives generously, but he lies. If he'd have just said, we've sold our house and we're going to keep a little bit, but here's the rest. No problem. It was the fact that he tried to cover it up. The fact that he tried to cover it up. He has no fear or worry about God knowing everything. So long as the church think he's great. He has no fear of God because he is only worried about what people think. Is that us? Are we so worried about what our neighbor to us here thinks or our per- the people in our lives think that we've forgotten to ask God, God, what are you think? God, what are you thinking? God, what is your will? God, is what is your way? He lies to God. And then his wife comes in and repeats the same lie and God has to stamp out the deceit. Otherwise, others will think it's okay. And we'll already see rottenness at the beginning of the early church. So how are we doing with respect for God? How are we dealing with holiness? Are we even bothered? Do we care whether we've done things right or wrong? Do we care about God? God doesn't let your past affect your future. We've said that. But we've got to look at our past and move on from it. We've got to change our past. And we've got to allow God to work on it and allow us to move forwards into better and bigger things because he is holy and he is to be feared. Maybe we need to discover a bit more of the fear of God. What is God able to do? Whatever he wants. Whatever he wants. And he wants us to be involved in that. But if we're not willing, then he'll move himself. And sometimes it might be drastic. You know, God asks that we trust him because he's big enough to trust and he asks us to respect and submit to him because then we will be wise if we're living a lie then our god is too safe if we're living a lie then our god is too safe he's not going to act on our indiscretions he's not going to act on the way we behave he's not going to act because he's just too loving a god yes he is loving a god but he sometimes like a, a parent needs to discipline a child so does god discipline the ones he loves Let's accept that wisdom. Maybe God is the Charles Walker of the heavens. Maybe you think he's a soft touch and you can tickle his chin and send him on his way. He's not a pussycat. He's a lion. He's a roaring lion that is to be feared, that he's majestic, that he's powerful, that he's awesome, that he's over all. Another way people show that their God is too safe is by expecting everything to be easy. Yeah, do we expect life to be easy? Yeah, the Bible doesn't tell us that. In Acts again, Acts chapter 7, Stephen had been sharing God's truth with the religious Sanhedrin. Stephen had just been simply proclaiming Jesus, saying this is what it's about. And then this happens, verses 54 to 60. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. I love that. What does it mean? You know, did they go, I don't, I don't know. It's a bit primitive, isn't it? You know, the Sanhedrin gnashed their teeth at him. Maybe they were false and they flew out. Who knows? 
But actually, you know, they gnashed their teeth at him. They were furious at him. Why were they furious at Stephen? For sharing the truth. For sharing God's truth. And some of us sometimes take offense if we were told the truth about ourselves, the way God might see us. Some of us don't like our faults to be pointed out. But God knows them anyway. So just accept them and grow from them and move on from them and be wise. Because God makes all the difference. They were furious at Stephen for sharing the truth. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit. There's a key word. Full of the Holy Spirit. If he's full of the Holy Spirit, he's full of God. He's being God in that situation. Looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Stephen sees God. He sees heaven. He sees Jesus. Such is his closeness. He sees it open before him. Even in this horrendous situation that he's in, he still sees God. How often in a horrendous situation do we take our eyes off God and look at the situation? Stephen sees heaven open. He sees God's glory. He sees the sun. He sees the heavens itself. At this, they covered their ears. And again, I think this, there's a real contrast here. Stephen is this real mature, wise guy. And he's only young. You know, he sees God. He speaks truth. We've got the Sanhedrin going, grrr, grrr, like that. And then it says... At this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him. You know, it's like, la, 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 la. I can't hear. It's like a childish response. Can you not see the difference of the fear of God bringing wisdom and maturity and those that just don't care about God are primitive children, immature, not caring. They covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. La, la, la. We can't hear you. I don't want to hear your truth, Stephen. Maybe that's us to God. I don't want to hear your truth, God. I don't want to know what you really think. God, I don't want you to comment on my behavior because actually then I'll have to change it. La, 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 la. I can't hear you. I don't want you to comment, God, on the things I've done in the past because then I'll have to address them. La, 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 la. I can't hear you. Is that our attitude? Is our attitude to look up and see God and say, God, I want to be filled with your Holy Spirit so that I can grow and be different and change despite my past. You know, if you don't like the message this morning, then I'm really sorry. But it's not me that's offending you, it's God. Because it's his truth that he wants to be in control, not you. It's his truth that he will judge those things that you hold against other people. As Christians, we're called to love one another. It's by our love for one another that everyone else will know we are his. So if you aren't loving one another, I'm sorry, but God will judge. If we're not loving one another, then God will judge. And he won't be the cuddly cat. He will be the roaring lion. If there's things you need to deal with, deal with them. If God has pointed out things to you in the past, deal with them today. If God has pointed things out to you today, deal with them today. Because God is not a God to be trifled with. He's not a God to test. He's not a God who is safe, who will do your bidding because he wants you to do his will, not the other way around. You know, we cannot follow God and expect to live however we please. Yet we try to do that, don't we? We try to follow God and still do our own thing. 
He expects us to grow wise. How do we do that? Out of respect and submission. Verse 59, while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, and hear this, Stephen, all he's done is spoken God's truth. He's looked to heaven and seen God. He's been executed for his belief, nothing else. Stephen cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. That means he died. Do not hold this sin against them. Stephen followed Jesus as his saviour and he knew it wouldn't be safe. He knew it wouldn't be easy. He knew it was going to be difficult and it wouldn't always go the way he wanted or he expected. Yet even though he's being executed by these religious, non-listening fools, he still has a peace and a forgiveness about him. Does that remind you of Jesus? Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Stephen has the same attitude as Christ, more like Jesus. He's full of the Spirit and forgives even the most heinous crime committed against him. And yet so many of us hold on to the petty little things. So many of us hold on to those little slights. And Stephen's being stoned. He's having rocks thrown at him. And yet he says, Father, forgive them. Why can't we be more like Jesus? I'll ask you why. I'll tell you why, because it says here he was full of the Holy Spirit. I think sometimes it's because we're so full of us. And that's the problem. God is not a safe God, especially if we're full of us. If we're full of him, then we can have less of a terrifying fear and more of a respectful fear. Holy and in fear of God, not men. Yet how many of us harbour little issues against other people, especially Christians, which God has told us to love. And yet we still hold on. Is your God an easy option? Is your God a token thought? Is your God just available on a Sunday? (coughs) Is your God like a mascot on a quiz show? You stick him on the desk to show everyone that that's what you believe in, but actually you're going to do it all yourself. Is God who he really is, all-powerful, almighty, and all-holy? Because if that's your God, we need to fear and respect. We need to try and grow in wisdom and understanding through that fear and respect. And we need to stop saying, God, I'll live how I want, but I'll still praise your name on a Sunday. We need to stop saying, God, my way is great on a Monday to Saturday. We need to start saying, God, it's your way or no way. And we need to start saying, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the way I've held you and treated you. God, I'm sorry for the things that I've done that have gone against your love and your message and your truth. And I need to start recognizing that God is almighty. Is that our desire this morning? Bit of a stern message, really. But it's one we need to hear. We don't want to end up like Ananias and Sapphira. We don't want to end up missing out because of our selfishness and our desires. And also we look at Stephen and recognize that when we follow Jesus, it's not going to be easy. God is not a safe option. It's going to bring difficulties. It's going to bring challenges. It's going to bring problems that could affect you personally. But most importantly, be filled with the Holy Spirit then we can grow in wisdom and understanding and fear the God 
who is definitely not safe, but is definitely the best. In his name, amen.